This is Radio Influence. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. What? This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday morning again. We are like at the close of August. Holy shit, I can't believe that the, the summer has gone this fast. Um, I, I literally, I just can't believe it. I mean, it was uh, like I was leaving for vacation, June. Middle of June, we were taken off. We were heading out, and it seems like it was like three days ago. And then with just the fucking crazy, insane travel schedule that was going on, and then I moved, you know, like I had this crazy move, went from a six-bedroom house to a three-bedroom house, and uh, with children and travel, it was just craziness. It was, it was unbelievable. But I'm really excited for the fall. Lots of good stuff going on in the air. Lots of really cool stuff that's happening moving forward um, with some really cool stuff that I get to do. You know, I've talked to you guys before about the fun little world that I get to go around with General Electric, the GE Appliance Division. Um, and I get to go to these super kind of high-end kitchen and design centers and stuff like that. And while I'm out there, uh, and this is obviously like in between all the other stuff that I do, while I'm out there, I get to go into like a grocery store or something to that effect and look for these really cool products. So it, I was one of the big things that we were doing. I work with this great oven. Oh, so by the way, with GE, what I do is I do a full blown like hour and a half long demonstration using all of these different pieces of equipment. When I do it at like a convention center or something like that, I do six demos and I utilize six different products and I make basically about seven different dishes in like 25 to 30 minutes. It's, it's crazy. But when I go into these high-end kitchen centers, one of the things that I do is <clears throat> I get in there and I work off of two or three different pieces of equipment. I'm typically feeding about 40 to 50 people, small, cool little tasting uh, things. So it's it's kind of fun because the day before I meet like our GE team, which is um, uh, Lisa and this girl named Clara. And what we do is we go shopping and we're always looking for really cool products. So we were in Texas um, at, in San Antonio and I found this unbelievable butcher while I was out there. And it's on my Instagram and all that stuff. They were a really, really cool butcher. But we found these beautiful tomahawks. So then we started to try to find tomahawks the whole way across. Like every time we would do a demo, we're looking for tomahawks because we set the recipes up. And we're like, all right, cool. We got this. This is going to be our standard demo because when you do a standard demo, it makes things a little bit easier. You get your timing down. You get your descriptions down. You get your, your full kind of show. It's basically like a produced show that I put together. And then from there, um, I do the whole demos. Well, the next day we went to another city. We couldn't find tomahawks again. So I was down in the Outer Banks and there's this awesome little, uh, oh, and by the way, I was in like major cities, okay? Like major cities for some of these events, Phoenix, Arizona, um, St. George, Utah, maybe not a major city when it comes to St. George, but still it was pretty awesome. A, a nice size city with big grocery stores and all that stuff. And we don't do like, 
you know, I go to a Whole Foods or something like that because I get scallops and we get some fish and we get a couple different meat products and we get a lot of vegetables and stuff. So, and again, I try to feed people good quality, wholesome food with the exception of Uncle Buzzy's. There we serve good quality, not so wholesome food because it's all deep fried. And that's the restaurant that I'm a partner in down in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Shameless plug right there. But one of the cool things that we do is we go to these grocery stores and we look for awesome products. So I get the best product that I possibly can. And we always try to find these tomahawks. Well, the last two cities that we were in, we had a really hard time finding them. So here I go. I'm down in the Outer Banks. I'm on vacation. I got the hiccups now. Hold on. I have to take a drink of water. I've been listening to podcasts, by the way, for uh, the last three days. So if my style has changed a little, that's why. I listened to Joe Rogan for the last couple of days, who's brilliant. But anyway, so I go down to the Outer Banks. And when we go to the Outer Banks, we get pretty far down there. We're all the way down in Hatteras Island, past all the, the rigmarole and past all the, the touristy kind of bullshit that was a lot of fun when we were younger and the kids were little. But now... It's really, for me, vacation is more just about family. So I try to keep everybody super close. We get a nice size house down there on the water in ha on Hatteras Island. And so, but one of the hard things doing when you get down there is you don't have the luxuries of everything north of you. So I get down there, I walk into the grocery store, and the first thing I see when I walk over to the meat section is like six goddamn tomahawk steaks. These big, huge, fat, like two and a half pound tomahawk steaks that were just, I, I mean, they, they were just absolutely beautiful. So if I sound like I'm a little distracted, it's because I, I think I told you guys I got a new puppy as well. Well, she's up here with me in my office and I just, oh, there you are. And I just found out where the hell she was. She wasn't peeing, so we're good. Or she wasn't biting anybody, so we're good. Um, this lead in, this intro is all over the place. I know it, but this is the show. That's the way that we do stuff. So, so I find these beautiful tomahawks. And why am I talking about this is because um, I just looked at all my new dates for some places that we're going to go. And there's some really cool cities on there that I'm going to confirm up and firm up this week so that I can get to you guys next week and tell you all about where I'm going to be. Because so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a contest in every city that I go to, and I want you guys to come out and see me. I want you guys to come to these super cool VIP events and check them out. They're really, really pretty cool. But um, uh, so for this week, oh, by the way, those tomahawks, I cook in 16 and a half minutes in an oven called the Advantium which cooks up to five times faster than a conventional oven because of the fact that it works with halogen light. It's this super, super cool oven that looks like a microwave, but I can do like a three and a half to four pound whole chicken in like 23 minutes. And it's like crispy and sexy and totally like edible when you're doing it. It's absolutely amazing. So um, it's just a super cool oven. But so uh, this week though, I went up to uh, the Adirondacks. I went up to see... Uh, some friends up there in uh, up at Lake George. Uh, a good friend of mine owns a bar up there. So I went up to check out her bar and I went up to, uh, you know, kind of hang out with a bunch of friends and chill out and just kind of take a little relaxing weekend. So I decided since my children were going away, my uh, my girls were away. Emily was at the beach and Fiona was um, uh, with her mom this weekend, chilling out with her, doing school shopping and all the normal end of summer bullshit that costs a fortune. 
um, I decided, you know what? I'm going to take some time to myself and I'm going to hop in my car and I'm just going to drive. So I drove about five hours away up to Lake George. And what I did though was on my normal drives, I talk on the phone. I put my headphones in, I totally kind of uh, zone out, uh, like zone out to the rest of the world. And I just kind of communicate with friends. So I talked to a buddy of mine who I haven't talked to in a bunch of years, probably 25 or 30 since we've actually hung out. And we just chilled, man. We had a great conversation. Um, uh, just total catch up. Like it's, it's great to do that. So my little advice to you guys for this week is reach out to a friend who you haven't talked to in a long time. Seriously. Just pick up the phone and call them. Don't text them. Call them. I am the weird dude that if you ever get like a FaceTime message from me, it's because I just want to see your face because I haven't seen you in a long time. I am that weird guy. I will just FaceTime you at like, you know, 3.30 on a Tuesday. And you're like, what the fuck? And the funny part is when I do that, most people will then not answer that call at that moment. They will text you right back and be like, dude, is everything okay? You just FaceTimed me. And I'm like, no, everything's not okay because you didn't pick up the goddamn call. So if you ever get a FaceTime from me, I intentionally did that and I totally want to talk to you. So the next couple of weeks are going to be like challenges. I'm just going to start FaceTiming people. But uh, uh, the other thing that I like to do when I'm in the car is I love to listen to other podcasts. I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan because of the way that he interviews people. Um, I find that I interview in a similar way. I can't say that he does the same way as me because he's more famous and he's, uh, you know, he's been doing it a lot longer. But I think that I interview in a similar style that he does because of the fact that I feel that he's genuinely interested. And he also offers up a tremendous amount of information, which is some of the stuff that I try to do when I do podcasts. So uh, I listened to just a, a, a brilliant brilliant interview with Henry Rollins. If you guys remember, Henry Rollins was the, uh, the front man for the dead. I'm sorry for black flag way, way back. Um, he's the guy who's all tatted up. He was also, he's been in a couple of movies and stuff. Um, he also was in, um, sons of anarchy. Um, he leads a very simplistic, very, uh, uh, educated lifestyle, which is really pretty neat. You know, he talks about the fact that he doesn't have a lot of friends. He has a very select group of friends that he's with, that he's not the greatest friend in the world. And the reason why he's not the greatest friend in the world is because um, he doesn't really like to go out or hang out or do dinner or stuff like that. But there's a couple of people that he loves to hang out with. And, he, and one of those guys is William Shatner. Like it's a really, it was just an awesome interview. And if you have an opportunity I highly suggest you check out the interview with Joe Rogan and Henry Rollins. And then yesterday when I was driving back, um, oh, by the way, so a friend of mine has, uh, while I was up, screw that, I'm going back to my original story. I also, on the way home, I listened to the podcast with Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin is a, everybody thinks he's a super weirdo, freaked out kind of dude. Imagine, imagine being him where he was like six or seven years old. And he was just thrust. And, and, and what made me think a lot about this is the conversation that I had with Tammy Aaron two weeks ago. And it, it, it was kind of like that where it, it explained 
a lot of the the the, the questions that I had for Tara, for Tammy that we kind of bypassed or we kind of skipped around or stuff like that, because um, I didn't want to keep hounding her with questions of what it was like as a kid. But I did, however, get a lot of information out of from her. But but I got a lot of information out of the interview with Macaulay Culkin on the Joe Rogan experience because he really talked about it for a while about what it's like to grow up in that spotlight, in that limelight, to be thrust into it, and especially to be thrust into it by his parents. You know, he was talking about something that he did where he did an SNL segment, and his father didn't want him using cue cards, and he said he had a very good memory, and he was photographic or photo, photographic, photographic memory. I almost said photogenic. Photogenic memory would be pretty cool. Like, hey, take a picture of my memory. It's really awesome. Um, but a photographic memory... And he remembers things. And he said, you know, it would it would get to a point that he'd be standing on set and he would just immediately remember his lines. Like he reverted back to the physical, like the picture in his brain of the page with all the lines on it. So what are you eating? Hold, hold on here. Hey, puppy, come here. Get over here. Get over here. Get over here. Yeah, honey. That means you. Hold on. Hold on. I got to stop this. Hold on. Hold on. Don't don't go anywhere. Honey, stop eating. Yes. Everybody, I just interrupted the podcast so that I could go and get this super cool puppy from eating a pen. Because what would happen is, one, she would then have shards of pen in her mouth. And two, there'd be fucking ink everywhere. So we're good. Okay. It was just a really cool kind of interview with Macaulay Culkin talking about this stuff, about what it was like growing up, being thrust into it, and then how his father was like militant about stuff. And that he did the SNL segment, and when his father watched the SNL segment, he didn't like when other actors would read the cue cards because you could tell they were reading the cue cards. So he didn't let his son do it, which in turn meant that nobody else on there could do that, do it either. Just kind of fucked up, but that was a great interview, and I, and I highly suggest you check it out because I'll tell you what, it put Macaulay Culkin in a different light for me. It was really a pretty cool thing that I saw uh, or that I listened to, and it was like – Shit, I don't know. This thing had to be three hours long. Um, I did. I learned a tremendous amount and just had a really cool kind of experience. So if you guys are already podcast people, look, I don't have to promote Joe Rogan. That's not the world that I live in. But they were both – these two interviews were really pretty awesome. And I felt I, – I just – I felt super comfortable uh, and educated walking away from them. So, um, okay. That was the craziest opening rant I think that I've ever done. I literally was all over the place talking about everything, everything under the sun. Um, so here we go. So we are going to go into a little bit of a different world today. Um, you know, I, again, I get to meet awesome people. I see them all over the place. I see them all over the country. I have friends in different cities all over. Um, the dude who's coming up in the next couple of minutes, I met at a bar in Cincinnati. About five years ago, I opened up uh, a couple of bars for some clients down in, uh, in Cincinnati, uh, an amazing restaurant group. Quick plug for these guys. The boys down there at the 4EG, it's the 4 Entertainment Group, they own a tremendous amount of restaurants from Chicago to northern Kentucky. Um, they're just exploding with what they're doing. They have a very um, – uh, just an amazing kind of finger on the pulse of, of entertainment and nightclub and bar and restaurant. And they do a really nice job and it's a really cool thing to watch. 
So I opened up a couple restaurants for these guys while I was down there. I did some revamps. I did all that stuff. And I also partied a shit ton while I was down there with these guys. Um, we became friends. I went out. I boozed with them. I hung out, this and that. Met some great friends down there too. Um, and this guy is one of them. This guy's name is Jay Banks. And Jay um, owns, uh, uh, he's an entrepreneur. When I met him, he was just kind of starting out. He was making T-shirts and doing some cool stuff like that. You know, he he has grown in leaps and bounds from what I saw the first kind of round. But one of the things that I really liked about him was um, his entire demeanor. He really is uh, uh, the kind of guy that you want to know because Jay knows just about everybody. So when you walk into a bar, Jay is the norm. I mean, not the normal, but the norm, like the cheers norm of Cincinnati. Everybody knows who he is. Jay has had a lot of success in the last couple of years um, with his brand, The Native, uh, which is a clothing line that he does. Um, he's done some really, really neat stuff. And I, I just think it's I just think it's really cool to see some of the stuff that he's done and put up with and 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 gone through, which is why I wanted to have him on the show. There's this crazy, crazy story about why Jay wears an eye patch. If you're ever living in a world where you meet somebody with an eye patch, you need to find out what the fuck happened and why he has an eye patch or she. So we're going to find that out tonight. So I want everybody to do me a favor. Um, you guys know the rules here. Uh, I curse. Um, I try uh, to keep our ratings where they are. I think that sometimes my cursing helps that maybe. I have no idea, but I curse. Um, and so if you don't like that, then um, turn the volume down. But I know you do because we got a whole bunch of you guys that follow this. So everybody get ready. Do me a favor. Uh, turn the radios up. Uh, put your headphones in. Get the kids out of the room. Ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor and welcome Mr. Jay Banks to the show. What's up, Mr. Banks? How are you today, dude? I'm good, man. I'm excited for this. I've been, I've been waiting for this all week, actually. Cool, man. Well, I'm super stoked to have you on. Jay, before... We go any further, I want you to stop what you're doing. I want you to tell me and all of the other people that are listening mm -hmm. uh, how we can find you and get in contact with you. Okay. Um, the uh, My social media is uh, all the handles are the native brand. Um, and, uh, and my Twitter account is actually Touch Me Tees. Um, that's a, uh, a color changing clothing company from the 90s. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relaunch those, uh, those hypercolor shirts on Kickstarter in uh, Christmas time. Nice, dude. And I, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because of what kind of what I've seen you doing over the last couple of years. Um, you've kind of you have I don't want to say reinvented yourself because you you've always been kind of aggressive and go after and the type of dude who, who goes after what he wants. And you've done that. And so why don't you tell, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do that you do now? Okay. Yeah, well, I, um, I own a clothing company called The Native Brand. Um, it was something I started locally out of Cincinnati. Um, it was uh, obviously, you know, when it comes to clothing, it was just like a side project. But um, in 2017, I got picked up by Procter & Gamble as uh, an up-and-coming entrepreneur. So uh, from there, it kind of really took ground. And then um, uh, I, was, uh, I opened up a store with Tide. So uh, we did a year stint with them. And then uh, I actually won a store from the city of Cincinnati as well. It was kind of like a Shark Tank, um, you know, contest. 
Um, and it was, uh, it was a great turnout, man. There was a bunch of people that showed up and then they narrowed it down to a couple, um, contestants and, uh, the native brand was one of the, the brands that they chose to uh, do a pop shop in the middle of uh, Cincinnati. That's awesome, dude. And I remember kind of, I remember you talking about it leading up to it all with what was going on and that you had won that contest. And then you you were looking for a store. You guys had finally found a store. And then all of that, what was, I mean, what was the process like for you going through, like to get into that? Cause you've been doing this for a while. You've been involved in clothing for a long time. Yeah, I started, I started at like my senior year of high school. I was buying shirts from um, Foot Locker, you know, like the four for 20 or five for 20, whatever <laughs> it was. And I was drawing on them like with markers and then I was really selling them. And, um, and then I started coming up with a couple bucks. So then I started silk screening stuff and then it's just been a spiral since then. So, um, it, it's, it's something that, that I've always done and it's, it's, uh, it's a long time coming. It's, I'm, I've really, I've, I call it trimming the fat, right? I've had this nice piece of steak in front of me, um, but I've really just trimmed the edges and now I've got this, I've got this rare piece of meat. Um, this native brand thing, it's all, it's all trademarked, which I'm excited about. So the, the premise of the native brand is, um, uh, being local to, to where you are, right? So, <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, we have um, we're in 87 cities right now. So, you know, we have like the Golden State Warriors colorways with uh, with the 510 area code. Um, I actually have a 215 hat for you. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles colorways. Nice, dude. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty sweet one, man. I've got a good buddy, Mike Snow, who uh, he, he, he loves them, man. He's got like three or four of them already. Nice, dude. And it's a perfect year for us because, you know, we won the Super Bowl last year. For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm counting on my bangles, you know. I uh, <laughs> wishful thinking for Cincinnati, but but, but I mean, do you guys have a chance? I mean, look, I'm not a sports guy. I, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't know who does and who doesn't. No, we so. uh, yeah, we've got to get some stuff straightened out in the office before we figure out what's going on. We're getting rid of good players, and we're making moves that 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 you know, it doesn't make any sense, honestly. We got rid of our, I mean, we, you know, we got rid of how many coaches over how many years and all the other stuff. And then there was a whole period where, uh, uh, I can't, I can't remember who it was, which coach it was, but he was, he was like, you know, everybody thought he was a racist cause he was, he was getting rid of all the black guys. Mm. Like, I mean, well, first off, what, what, what football team doesn't have, uh, you know, an African American guy on it in the right. first place. If you think the guy's racist, I mean, come on, but, um, so we had all of our own issues, but you guys, I mean, I love watching all my, all my friends that I've kind of gained from coming in and out of Cincinnati. Cause you guys are loyal, man. We you guys are, are man. loyal. Yeah. We're not, we're not the wild Eagles fans. Like you guys are, you know, you guys come in town, you guys do those chants and, and take over bars and that's right. Know, yeah. We, uh, we're, we're a little bit more polite, I guess, in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> we had, you know, the funny part is we had one year, um, where they, somebody threw a snowball at Santa Claus and, uh, and, and then, and, but it was like 50 years ago or something, you know, and, and people are just, and people still just kind of blame. I heard when, when the Eagles went to the Vikings, when they were playing the Vikings, um, the Airbnb company itself said that they would not cover anybody who rented their house to a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Wow. Like there was a huge to do about it. Like we were made to seem like we're this pissed off group of people. We had fun, man. But guess what? How many other how many other cities out there do the same thing? You guys would have been a little crazy as well if you won. Oh yeah, and we'd have, we'd have burned the town down. 
sure. <laughs> you got well you see that's actually something that's that's really kind of cool because you guys did burn your town down like mm-hmm. well okay. i mean what uh, back in the 70s wasn't it 70s or 80s there was a huge riot that happened oh and that was like 2000 yeah that was uh, really that is that recent yeah the the uh, the riots man that was uh that was a wild time i was a i think i was a senior in high school then so i might have been 99 but you guys, I mean, Cincinnati came back super, super strong from that. Yeah, man, we're doing great over here. Actually, we're uh, um, me and a couple guys that we have. We're starting a production company called Native TV. Uh, there's so many bars and restaurants that are popping up around the city that we're we're actually taking cameras with a host and a DJ, and we're we're going into these places and we're filming an episode of Native TV. Um, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, we're kind of filling in what, what the news is missing. You know, the, the news, they come out, they do their thing, they put it on the 6 o'clock and the 9 o'clock news. You know, people like you and I don't get a chance to see that, man. Um, no. So this is something that is, it's it's social media based. It's it's kind of like a, like an MTV for the 90s. You know, how they had the uh, the VJs and all that stuff. Oh, totally. It was a great period. Yeah, now, now for everyone listening, a VJ isn't isn't something sexual. It's like a, <laughs> a job. Isn't that had, a v- that's a VJJ. Oh yeah, man! I had, I had such a disconnect with my producer. He's twenty three years old, and uh, and he didn't know what he thought a VJ was a sexual favor. And so when I told him it was a video jockey, he thought it was like the, the most genius thing ever. He's like, "Oh man, why does nobody use that?" It's <laughs> the disconnect is, is because insane. it was twenty years, ago, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a uh, yeah. That, I love, love talking to, like you know, I, you see this stuff on Facebook and whatnot. That's like the kid who's trying to figure out the rotary phone. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I talk to my girls. I mean, my girls don't. I don't think they really know even what a tape deck is. Right. You know, I mean, my girls are seventeen and fourteen. I think Emily does because she's super into music. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we're we're kind of going on a different world here. So, I, but dude, you're like super. You're like a super fan of Cincinnati. I mean, you love your town for sure. You know, I um I grew up in Chicago, but I moved here when I was about 15. Um, and I, I just I became a fan of the city. I became a fan of the sports here and everything that they do. So, um, you know, when when I launched the clothing line, it was it was strictly for Cincinnati. It was um it was something to give back to the city. And then people were asking for other cities and states, um, but the air, the the logo that I made, I, I wanted it to be specific for Cincinnati. Um, you know, being an artist, if somebody stretches your logo out a little bit, it it no longer looks like your logo, and, and it's frustrating for for somebody like me that has like an OCD when it comes to that type of stuff. Right. So so I was able to create um, a couple different logos where it says native over the top and then it says like NO513 or, or native NO215. And it, it, it comes in the colorways of the sports teams. So like I, like I said, I've got one here, uh, 215 for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um, and it's uh, it's all trademarked now, which was insane for me. You know, it's I've got no business partners. I've got no investors. I, I don't even have a, a credit card. Like everything that's in this clothing store that I own, um, it's, it's just, it's my bank account. <clears throat> right. So I mean, it's like I'm 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 head first, man. You know. I, so uh, how are you? I mean, how are you? How are you doing trademarks and stuff? I mean, are you using a lawyer? Are you using a website? I mean, because like when I trademarked my name, I used a website. Uh, yeah, there was uh, being in Cincinnati, man. I got lucky. There's uh, Procter and Gamble's in town, and then when I got picked up by them, 
uh, in January. They were able to help me out a little bit. So when it, when I went forward trademarking the area code, I couldn't just say I want native um, and then like parentheses area code in it. So I actually had to create three different trademarks and trademark uh, each one of them individually and create a pattern. So now that I've created the pattern, now nobody can use area codes on, on apparel. So, really? Yeah, which which is insane, man. It's to think that, you know, uh, um, it's just me doing this. And now I've got something where, uh, as arrogant as it sounds, I'm, I'm pushing the, to shoot after a new era. You know, I've got something where I can I can gear it towards every single city that, you know, the smallest town in America. You know, I, I've got something specifically for you guys. And there's not many companies that can do that, even Young and Reckless. You know, they've got they've got a worldwide brand and then they focus on Los Angeles and Tokyo. Right. They don't, they don't do, you know, podunk, you know, Pennsylvania. You know. <laughs> right. So, but that's something that we're able to do. And it's all going to be limited runs of stuff too, which is awesome. So uh, they're all going to be stickered and numbered uh, of 150. So, you know. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. And then once, once that's done, we'll, we'll retire the colorway and then we'll go with a different, you know, different style for the same city. Oh, that's cool, man. And that's one of the things that I like so much about your stuff from, from all the stuff that I've seen and, Everything, because because I, I, I mean, anybody who knows I'm a hack guy. I mean, I'm a huge hack guy, and I love a lot of the styles that you guys put out, and I love the colors, and I love especially the texture, um, and the way that you guys do a lot of your your embroidery and all that stuff. It's really kind of cool. Um, but uh, uh, the the style of what you guys are putting out is just super cool, and it's great. It's great to see. Like I said, a guy that I, I mean, you and I met in a bar, man. Right. You yeah. Know? I mean, and I remember, I remember going out with you one night and I remember us hopping into Kentucky. <laughs> we headed yeah. over to Kentucky. And you're like, oh, let's go check this bar out. And we walked in and it was like, it was like the last fucking smoking bar in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I had to walk outside. I'm like, man, I can't even, I just can't even hang out in there. It was, the smoke was so bad. But, uh, but no, man, we had a good time. We had fun. And, you know, I mean, I think one of the cool things about you was listening to you talk about a lot of the stuff that you were getting going. And and moving on, and I know especially with the t-shirts. Now, what what's the deal with the with the t-shirts, the color the 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 uh, color the changing colors. shirts? Yeah, yeah. So so um, it, it, this is actually a crazy story. Hypercolor was popular in like the late '80s, early '90s, right? They um there were the color changing shirts that went from purple to hot pink when you touched them, right? Um, and they went they went bankrupt in '94, and they sold all their assets to a law firm in New York City. Um, and for 18 years, this law firm just kept reissuing the trademark uh, with no intention of doing anything with it. They wanted somebody to come in and give them a half a million dollars for the for the trademark. So, um, a, a, a long story short, I met a I met a like trademark attorney at at Bobby Mackey's Music World of all places. This is like a haunted bar in <laughs> Kentucky, and it's a cash only bar. And he was down there with the, with his girlfriend and. Um, you know, we were just talking and he asked if, if I could buy him and his girl a shot, but he thought I was getting free drinks from the bartender. So right. I paid for him and he felt bad. So he was like, man, I'll give you a free hour of trademark talk. And, you know, it's really, yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where I, I, I didn't believe him. You know, it's like one of those things where you just feel bad. Like, oh man, I'll get you back. But he kept calling man, like over and I kept ignoring his phone call. And, and while this is going on, I'm trying to, I'm trying to develop that color changing technology, right? I'm trying to figure out how to, how to make these shirts change colors. And I was online looking for hyper color to see where they are. 
And um, while I was in the middle of looking it up, he called me. So I uh, answered the phone and I was frustrated. I was like, okay, you know what, man, if you want to try this, like look up hypercolor and see what's going on. So he actually, uh, he called me back and he's like, look, man, you're not going to believe it, but the trademark is up in 28 days. And every three years they're reissuing the trademark uh, without, um, they're basically reissuing it Friday morning. So, so when it, uh, they're letting it lapse overnight. So instead of instead of doing it Thursday at five o'clock when they leave the office, they're it's expiring at nighttime and then they're going in at eight o'clock in the morning on Friday and then filling it out. So him and I, we we set like a specific time and date, and we beat him by eleven hours. So now the trademark was legally mine. Wow, dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so we started we started running with it, um, and and we did a we did a slow launch, but you know this was back in two thousand twelve. Um, it was, uh, it was before the, the nineties, you know, the real nineties comeback. Uh, right. but, n- but now with, with Kickstarter and the way everything is on, on social media, I, I really feel like, uh, getting it out there on, on, on a Kickstarter campaign is definitely the way to do it where, um, you know, I want to send everybody like these bloggers and even like you, uh, I want to send you like a package from 1991, like an old missing Christmas package, right. That looks right. like. Uh, looks like the Castaway um, package. It's all beat up, and maybe it's got you know stickers from like Mario World Seven. Like it's just completely been lost for twenty years. Right. And and it's got your name on it, and then you open it up, and it's you know from Santa Claus, and it's like it's got your you know your your name that your mother used to call you, <laughs> you know, and it says from Santa Claus. Sorry, this package has been lost, but you know now you've got it. Right. I, re- I really feel like opening that package will bring a lot of people's memories back. You know what I mean? Um, the only reason I remember it, my sister is, is four years older than I am, three years older than I am. So, um, when she had the hypercolor shirt, I, I needed to have it, man. It was, sure. Yeah. So, um, to actually own that technology and, and own that, uh, that patent or the trademark is, uh, it's pretty insane. So this, uh, like I said, this Christmas time, we're going to be uh, relaunching it as like a, what happened to kick, uh, hypercolor Kickstarter. That's campaign. cool, man. Yeah, so, now, sure. so, you know, the technology, though, where, where, I mean, did you have to find the technology out? Did you already have it or did it come along with the trademark? I mean, what was the, what was that all about? Uh, the, uh, the, the actual patent on it is the same stuff they use for the Coors Light cans. You know how they change the Rocky Martin, uh, the Rocky Mountains to blue when, when the beer's cold? Right. It's the same technology. So all you have to do is um, it's, it comes in a powder form. So right. you dye it like you would dye a tie dye shirt. Oh, okay. And then we have uh, eight different colors. So um, we have a shirt that's like green that turns to yellow. So you have to go back to like the kids color palette. So the shirt's actually yellow and then we dye it blue. But the blue layer on top looks green because it's got the yellow undertone. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The color so, real. Yeah. And then the, uh, the top layer just turns clear at 83 degrees. It's, it's literally, it's insane, man. It's so cool to watch. That's yeah. I know you you had sent me a couple of them, and um, I mean my my youngest daughter, you you sent me actually a, a one of the cinch sack bags mm. with with the duffified logo on it. My daughter uses that all the time. Nice man. Yeah, yeah I mean, and that's are... I mean, what was that? Five years ago? Four years ago? That's awesome, man. Yeah, something I've, in that. Yeah, I've got a classic one that says "Don't touch my shit." Um, on uh, it's for hundred dollar purchases. It's one of those. Uh, you know, exclusive bags. That's, and that's one thing that I like to do is make everything exclusive. So by the time you have the item, if someone's like, oh, man, I like that jacket or I like that hat, uh, I want it to be out of stock. 
you know, right. um, so you have to just keep, you know, keep checking back if you want to find something that's, you know, everything's going to be limited edition with the native brand. That's cool, man. That's cool. Now with, with, I mean, how far, for, see, here's, here, I have so many questions about this. Yeah. I mean, one, like how, cause I, I don't know if you remember the show making it made it, made, was it making it in America? What was that I, show with the guys? How to been, make it in America. Oh yeah. Yes. I love that show, man. That was an awesome show. And, and it really kind of, you know, it shows. And, and again, I'm not in the, in the, 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 the textile. I'm not in the fashion industry. I've got a couple of hats. I've got a T-shirt and I've got an apron and stuff like that. But but it really kind of dove into one, the relationship that those guys had. But it also kind of brought you into the world of how fucking hard it is to launch a product in this day and age that is a fashion product. When, it, it, it is, man. It's tough. I, um, you know, I, one of my favorite quotes is it, it takes years of. Uh, blood, sweat, and tears to become an overnight success. Yeah, you know, and then and then by the time you finally break through, everyone would just you know they're going to be like, "Wow, where do you come from?" Yeah, you know. Um, but if if they look back, you know, they'll see the the years of just pushing and grinding and and you know, I'm like I'm like that clown that you punch in the face and just has a little sand at the bottom of the feet. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, you keep coming back for more because you know, it doesn't matter how many times you get the door shut in your face or how many L's you take. <clears throat> those L's are all learning experiences. As long as, long as it doesn't break your soul, yeah. you know, and, and you believe that this is what you're meant to do, then, you know, it's, there's no stopping you. I, I, I feel. Well, I mean, you've been going hardcore for a while. I mean, what were you, so during, during the days when you and I had met, I mean, what were you, what were you doing? Uh, was that, was that pre eye patch? Uh, you know, we're not, we're not on Skype live so people can see me, but I've got uh, an eye patch and a half a year. Well, no, but they'll see it when they see the promo piece for it. Cool. So when we first met, that was, I think you had just in the last like month or two gotten the eye patch. Okay. Yeah. I, um, that, that was a crazy time in my life, man. I, I was assaulted um, by, by somebody that I met at a bar and, um, so wait, she wasn't your girlfriend. No, no. We, Dude, I've uh, been telling this story wrong for a long fucking time then brother. Well, it was, it was, I didn't meet her that night. I've known the girl for like two weeks prior to that. Okay. So, so that was probably the, the second or third time that we went out. Um, s still within the, the three month, you know, grace period where you're supposed to, you know, <laughs> yeah, open doors supposed to be and, fucking nice. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, we were just, it was a Monday night. We were at a bowling alley uh, and we were on the way home and, and she, uh, she tried to have sex while I was driving. And I live um, 1.2 miles from the, the bowling alley, right? It's not far. It's, it's a straight shot. Um, I also live right across the street from the police station. So, um, you know, I told her to get off and she's like, what? You don't want to, I can curse on here, right? Dude, you can say anything you want. My man, it's the internet, right? Well, yeah, no, I mean, this is live. This is go for it, brother. If cool. I don't say fuck during, at least once during the show, then then the producers get mad. Oh, OK. Yeah. I, actually, I've, I've heard you uh, drop a couple bombs. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I, uh, um, you know, she's like, uh, I want to do you want to I want to fuck right now. And or what? it's just so. So she, um, let me let me let me backtrack. So uh, we were driving home. She. uh she puts her hand on, on my, on my belt. She, un, she undoes my seatbelt that she grabs my, my you know, belt in my pants. Yeah. 
And I'm like, get off me. She's like, what? You don't want to fuck right now? And I'm like, no, get off of me. And she's like, uh, do you know how many guys would fuck me right now? And and I literally all I said was, well, go fuck them. Right? Yeah. Because it's like, uh, this is, you know. I hate that shit. Yeah, I cannot. And, don't tell me if there's something that I don't want to do. Don't tell me about all the other dudes that want to do it with you. Because I will literally, I, I will at that point say, okay, well, cool. Then then it's, I suggest you go hang out with them. Right. It's, they close the door. It's like, I don't need that. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, so I said, well, go fuck them. And she backhanded me and she had like this pearl ring on her uh, left finger. So when she backhanded me, the, the ring caught me right in my left eye. Um, so I saw like a quick flash. Um, I pulled over. I told her to get out of the car. Um, she bit my, my right hand as I grabbed the, the door. Um, so I let go of the door and then she bit onto my thumb and I tried pulling my thumb out of her mouth. And as I did that, she came with it. And then she bit my ear and I pulled away and she ripped my, my right ear off. Holy shit. And you were with her for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an intense moment, man. And, uh, like, thankfully I didn't, you know, I didn't retaliate or anything. It was, sure. it was one of those moments where like, like people like, man, I can't believe that I would have snapped on her. It's like, when you're in that moment, she spit the ear at me, which is the crazy thing. Man. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So um, so I, I hopped out of the car. I grabbed my ear um, and I called 911 right away. Like, that's like panic mode. You know what sure. I mean? Like, it was that there was no, like, I need to get defensive. It's like, I need to get the hell out of here. Right. And so uh, yeah, I called 911. Then she throws one heel at me and then she's chasing me down the street. And then she throws the other heel at me. Um, and, and like all this is like on the, you know, while I'm on the phone with 911. So she goes to, um, as the cops pull up, cause like I said, we weren't far from, from my house and, and they live across the street or the police station across the street. So, um, the, the cops pull up, she takes off, um, but she grabs the keys out of my car. So I tell the cops, Hey, she's got the keys to my house. Um, so the cops are like, no problem. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, I go to this to the hospital to get my ear sewn on at 7 a.m. She goes to my house and robs it of like $27,000 worth of stuff. Yeah, so I come home, my whole house is ransacked, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Didn't the cops say they were going to watch it? (laughs) Oh, of course they did. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been shift change or something. Mm -hmm. So uh, so anyways, man, that's uh, that was like chapter three. Um, I'm going through four eye surgeries. they they sewed my ear back on, but it uh, it didn't take. It's uh it's a it's a tough it's a tough spot to uh just to save a limb. So uh, but I've had four eye surgeries and, um, and I'm completely blind in the eye, but my light receptors work. So I've right. got to wear this eye patch at all times now because it's just like my eye doesn't dilate. Right. So um, it's so, uh, I, oh go ahead. No no you go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll interrupt in a couple. Go ahead. I'll, uh, I was, when all of this happened, you know, I, I started getting really depressed and, you know, cause I had to sit at home. I had to have the windows drawn and be in a dark room. And, um, I grew out this beard and I, I became like really depressed. And one of my best friends actually told me, you know, we, we had a talk and he's like, look, dude, like you gotta stop feeling sorry for yourself, man. He's like, no one's going to feel sorry for you. You know, no yeah. one's going to make this dream happen. You know, sitting here moping around and, and, feeling sorry for yourself isn't gonna isn't gonna get you any closer to your dream you know he was like you just you can't get mad you got to get better yeah you know and that was like the most insane 
moment of my life, which is, you know, I'm, I'm physically forced to be stuck in a, in a cave. And then my, my buddy tells me, you know, slaps me in the face and says, you know, don't get mad, get better. So I channeled all that energy and all that frustration that I was putting into being sorry for myself. And I put it into getting better with the clothing line. So I taught myself how to do the website. I taught myself the graphic design work. I taught myself how to print everything. Um, you know, I, I opened up the store on my own. Like I said earlier, I've got no partners or no investors. Um, I, 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 I literally have done this entire thing. Um, of course, I've got I've got a whole group of people that that have been supporting me since day one, which is amazing. Sure, of course. Um, but when it comes to it, you know, getting up at at seven o'clock, six o'clock in the morning every day and putting on the big boy pants, you know, it's uh, it's tough to do when 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 it's you're the only person that's that's in charge of the ship. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. But uh, it, I, I'm I'm in the fast lane. I'm ready to go and I'm ready to make moves, man. I'm excited for the next uh, five years. And now, I mean, in that that alone, like I, I was just having a conversation with we were talking about uh, uh, like obesity. There was I was I was talking about I was listening to a podcast, and we were talking. And one of the things they were talking about was, you know, that it, there's a communication between friends, and you know, we as friends have to kind of not worry so much about about, I guess, in a way, hurting the feelings of somebody. When it comes into that situation, you know, I mean, where like, say, you know, one of your buddies is getting super fat. You're like, dude, what the fuck? Right. You know, like it's time for you to not be f- so fat anymore. You know, when it's that kind of, you know, they call I think uh, Joey Diaz and uh, Burt Kreischer did it to each other. Was it Joey Diaz and Burt Kreischer where they they fat shamed each other? Yeah, man. You know, and they were like, you're fucking fat, dude. Like you're fat as shit and you need to stop. And you need to do something about it. And they each lost like 50 pounds, you know, because they were friends and they went after each other. And that's so that's kind of that similar that similar world that you were in at that point. For sure, man. They did a uh, they did a cleanse, like a 30 day no alcohol cleanse. And um, I know they said uh, Bert's blood pressure dropped like crazy, which is awesome. Dude, I'm a huge fan of those guys, man. Oh, so am I. I. Are you are you a Joe Rogan guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I listen to his podcast all the time. He's yeah, he's the reason, uh, you know, I'm sure half of us are, are doing it just because it's uh, the, the free speech thing is, is so awesome, man. And being oh, able yeah. to, to, to use a platform that, you know, is completely yours. It's a, it's a cool feeling, man. Yeah, it is. It totally is. I mean, I, look, I, I love mine. I mean, we're we're I don't know, 80 episodes in at this point for some of the stuff that we've done. I can't I can't even I don't know how many episodes we've done, but we've crushed a whole bunch of them. Man, and, cheers to know, that. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I know you're doing a podcast. Well, what's the name of your podcast? Let's give it a little plug here. Uh, it's Native TV Presents the Pow Wow. So, nice. yeah, it's me. Uh, it's it's a fashion designer and, and, a, and a music artist. Santino Corleone is, is the other host of the show. Um, and we do it right out of the uh, the store here in uh, Dayton, Kentucky. So oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, we're right on the water. We're like two miles from downtown Cincinnati. Right. But Dayton's this this cool little town, man. It's like it's got the, you know, the, the old school feel right on the strip with the, the old school lights on the on the sidewalks. Dude, I'm I'm a huge I mean, I'm a huge fan of that whole area. I mean, I love like OTR alone. Um, it's just a beautiful area. The amount of restaurants and and, and the great <coughs> little shops and boutiques and, um, you know, our artisanal area, you know, and stores and whatnot that are down there are just brilliant. Absolutely, man. That's why that's one of the reasons why we started that whole native TV thing. Um, 
mean, you you you've been a part of it. You know, you came down here and you did the uh, uh, the menu for Lachey's. Yeah, we did Lachey's. That was a good that was a good run. They, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what I don't know what happened in the long run. I think that's um, too much on on whiskey. That oh bag, yeah, that barrel. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they paid for it, but I know they had a hell of a. They they spent a good amount of money on it. Right for sure. Yeah, but they um. You know, I mean, they had a good run. That's got to be an expensive spot, you know, right there. So, um, and there was actually an incident that happened, man. Unfortunately, on, on Thanksgiving, somebody got, got shot in the face right outside the bar. Yeah, the bartender did. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, terrible news, but she's okay. Um, well, they got the guy, didn't they? They did. They caught him, yeah. Yeah, because she, she walked out. She was walking out of the bar. Tell me if I'm wrong, but she was walking out of the bar. And a guy was in a van or something and called her over. Yeah, like cat whistled or something. Yeah, and she went near the van, I guess. Which, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, guess. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure what was said. I mean, she's a sweet little, you know, blonde yeah, girl. I remember. Her. I totally remember. So yeah, I, you know, whatever happened. I mean, Thanksgiving, it's always a, uh, it's always a crapshoot, man. Everybody's, you know drinking the party on, on the day before Thanksgiving. So. Well, and it's also, I mean, you're also talking about, you know, in OTR, you know, I mean, there, there's, you know, the only bar that was really over there was that one bar that where all the, where all the homeless <laughs> hang out that opens at seven and closes at seven, you know, and then you had that, that park over there that, that they they did an amazing job on with the parking lot that's underneath of it. And I heard that when they were cleaning it up, it was like loaded with crack vials and needles. And I mean, it was just a shit show. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, they're having problems with it still, you know, they've got a big, um, <clears throat> I mean, just in every city, you know, the homeless is, uh, um, the, the, the population of the homeless is, is higher than it needs to be. So, um, you know, they've, they've got these homeless camps, but, uh, they've been getting pushed out, which is, it's sad. You know, it, it's uh, I've been I've been a part of it. We went out and we donated blankets. I, I, when I opened up a store in Rookwood, we took uh, a portion of everything that people um, bought, and we went out and bought blankets and hats and and, and jackets for uh, for all the homeless. Uh, right during the time that one of the homeless um, uh, people, they actually died in, in the bus stop. It was a horrible moment, man, for Cincinnati. What was this? And a huge wake up call. There was a there was a homeless man that that passed away um, sleeping at the bus terminal on um, let's see fifth fifth and Walnut so right in the middle of downtown people walk yeah. past uh, you know I mean people are walking past him all hours of the night unfortunately this man passed away um, he froze to death wow yeah yeah it's a, it was a huge wake up call for Cincinnati and um, I, I, ironically. Emilio Estevez has a movie coming out for that exact reason. Really? Yeah, I can't remember what it was called, um, but it's uh, I think it was called The Public because um, there were it's it's based on moving the homeless people into um, into the libraries on, on nights like that when it's absolutely you know below zero. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know. I've never been in that situation, but I I couldn't imagine having to sleep outside. Um, you know, at, at those temperatures, man. Sure. Yeah, and and it not being and you know really it not being a choice for for a lot of people. You know. Right. Yeah. Just one one wrong mistake, and then you know all of a sudden you don't think you're good enough, and that's 
you know, that that's hard. That's hard to deal with, you know, especially, yeah. you know, when um, like when I went through my depression, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you've got to channel, you know, channel your energy back and remember who you are, you know, and why you were here. Yeah. So and now, um, I, you know, like I said, I channeled all my energy in this in this native thing. I've really trimmed the fat and I've got I've got a nice a nice brand that I think is going to complement a lot of small cities in the United States. That's cool, man. Yeah. So now what's your I mean, how you know, I mean, you 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 always have irons in the fire. It's one of the things that people say to me. Like there's always irons in the fire. You've got so many hats up in the air. You know, you're you're constantly kind of juggling the ideas and everything else. I mean, for you as an entrepreneur, I mean, how are you channeling the multitude of ideas and creativity that you have to really kind of streamline it into what it is that you're working on now? It's it's tough to do, man. I've got my mind's running 24 hours a day, and my my fiance, God love her, she she puts up with it. We'll be. Dude, I met. I was with. That's. I met her like the second night you guys went out. Oh yeah, yeah. She's incredible, man. She's, yeah. uh, she's an awesome soul. That's cool. So, but uh, yeah, we'll be driving down the road and and it'll be quiet, listening to music, and all of a sudden I'll just you know pop up with an idea, and she's like, "Where do these things even come from?" You know, yeah. like uh, it, it's just it, you can't turn it off. You know, if you're if you're naturally born that way, and I just I embraced it instead of trying to tuck it away. Yeah. Dude, I use an app called Trello. Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. And what it does is I take every single, so I have a whole bunch of different cards that are in there. And what I do is I'm constantly jotting down my ideas, my thoughts. And I have a bunch of different ones. I've got one that's for my company. I've got one that's for one of the restaurants that I'm involved in down in North Carolina. I've got one for a place out in, in Mexico. I've got all these different ideas of things. And I, and I, and I actually, it's one of the most organized places that I have for yeah. ideas. And I have another one that's just personal. So if I'm driving down the road and I'm like, Hey, I've got to get, you know, fucking toilet paper. Well, that's a bad example. Cause in reality you go, Hey Siri, you know, order me toilet paper. Right. But if I have an idea or something that I have to take care of, then I put it into this app. And then the cool part about it is you can put deadlines on it. You can attach other people to that app or to that moment. So like for you, when I wanted to get you on the show, I put call J banks on, on my, my Duffified live card. So then when I talk to my assistant, her and I go through all of the ideas that I had tasks and responsibilities that I need to get done and then I transfer it. And all you do when you're done with an idea, if, if it's all worked out and whatever you want to do with it, you touch it, it kind of wiggles a little bit and you swipe it up to the top and it archives it. So oh, wow. it takes the completed tasks that you have. It doesn't get rid of them because it archives them. It, you can go into an archive folder and still pull all of these ideas out. But when I'm done with doing something, I just archive it. But it really kind of helps me focus on 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 stuff and things that I have to get done. You know, I've got ideas in there for shows and and I've got ideas in there for, um, you know, my, my initial openings of things that I do. And then I've got a whole section just for food. So, I mean, there's really, really cool stuff in there. It's a great little app that I use. And I think I pay for it. And it costs me maybe 100 bucks a year. But for me, I dole it out to all my clients as well. So this way, communication wise, especially if you have employees, then what you can do is you can set up different cards for different guys or different girls that are working with you. Mm -hmm. And then you can give them and delegate some of the responsibilities out. 
because it clears your brain knowing that that task has been given to somebody else and you can always revisit it at the end. Man, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you guys are really, uh, you guys are on your A game over there. I mean, we, we try, you know, I mean, Sam, Sam's got a lot. Sam's my assistant and she's got a lot of work on, uh, on her. You know, I mean, she works a full time job as well as working with me. Um, and then, you know, I mean, our producers, Jerry and Jason are just awesome guys that, you know, I mean, they, they, you know, I mean, they, they, they hop on and they produce everything. You know, they do the recording. I mean, Jerry's behind us right now. Hi, Jerry. How you doing? What's going on, brother? Hey, it might help if I unmute my mic. Hey, boys, how are you? <laughs> yeah, what's going on, man? How the hell are you? <laughs> He's the Jamie of the show. I like it. He's good, man. I mean, these guys, these guys do an unbelievable amount of podcasts as well. They've got a great lineup of stuff. Um, you know, they've, they're down in Tampa and their offices are in St. Pete. They've got a studio down there and you know, they record with like Ian Beckles. Do you know Ian Beckles? Ian played for the, uh, uh, for the Bucks. Um, he does, a, he does a couple cool things. He's a re he's a great dude. He's, he does a show called Flavor in Your Ear, which is really cool. And he's got a, got a uh, he's got a cool office down there and he, he's a really good dude but these guys put together some really good stuff and uh you know i mean we we try to keep it organized as much as we can you know as soon as i finish i try to write up a, a review of the show or, or or if it's in in most cases jerry sends me a text at eight o'clock on a thursday night and he's like dude i need a, i need an intro for the show you know like they're really good man they're really good at what they do and and you know i got a good crew that we work with the graphic designer with maggie who does our stuff and all that which that's what i was saying today is you should you and you and maggie should connect because with your creativity and your kind of the appeal of the stuff that you guys do is is so vast because you guys really have a nice urban feel to you at the same time as having a really nice kind of suburban ability with some of the stuff that you do. The urban stuff that you guys do is super edgy and cool. Like I love the look of it. And I think that you and Maggie would, would really collaborate really well because she's yeah. very talented, man. man she I was, is. I was, I was so excited when you, when you were talking about the, uh, uh getting the old cartoon. Um, I saw G loves and I got super jelly, man. <laughs> Gee, Garrett's a great dude. Yeah, I've I've known him for a while, man. Oh yeah, oh that's cool, dude. Yeah, he's a good buddy. He's he's uh he does a bunch of stuff. I mean, when he's not traveling and stuff, we're doing an event together in October and uh, again in November. So I'm pretty stoked to to get back up on stage with him. He hops up there and we cook and he does a little harmonica and we have some fun, man. Then we go out and we go to dinner and eat some great food. He's a great cook too. How oh, is he? Yeah, he's super aggressive with stuff that he does, man. He'll always, he sends me pictures every now and then. When he's using my spice and. Um, he gets to play around. Do, do you ever? Do you have any of my spice? I don't, man. I need some. I gotta get you spice, dude. We'll take care of that this week. Ready? Hold on, hold on. I gotta go put it in my Trello to make sure that we send you spice. Oh snap! <laughs> That's great, man. You know what, dude? I'm I'm actually getting married in ten twelve of this year. <clears throat> oh, nice, dude. And thank you, thank you. And um, they need an app, man. There's like I don't like the knots got something similar, but there's a. Um, there's such a missing part of this where like, you know, it's so expensive, man, to get everything out, sent in the mail and order the envelopes and order the, the you know, the RSVPs. And if there was an app to do it all, you know, where you can just, hey, send it because everyone's got a smartphone these days. You know what I mean? How much yeah. easier would it be just to somebody to click? Yes, I'm going instead of, you know, the filling it out, putting it back in the mail. And, you know, well, I think a lot of it has to do with pomp and circumstance. You know, that's the way that I see it. Like, 
like the tradition of it. The to me, I, look, when I get married again, that shit's I'm 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 gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna do a post on Twitter. No, for real. That you know, seriously. If you want to come, come along. You know, I mean, my, my brother's my brother's getting remarried in in a couple. I, I don't know when he just got engaged uh, last week, two weeks ago. And we were talking about this, like, you know, what do you do on a second marriage? You know, I mean, right. do you go balls to the wall and do you drop another 50, 60, 70 grand on a wedding? No, right. I, I don't want to do that in the first place. I would much rather I would much rather, you know, do something. I, I don't know. Put an addition on a house. For sure, I no. think I think I think it would have to depend on what what the female would want though. Like if she totally. if it's her if, if it's her first wedding, totally, you're, you're gonna have to fork it over a second time, buddy. Yeah, you know oh, you're no. you're gonna have to make that one better than the first one if you want to <laughs> stick around. That's why that's why I only date divorced Jewish women. There you go, man. <laughs> um, I have I haven't gone down that road. No, I, I, it's the demographic. It's where I live. So now, is that is your girl? She wants a big she wants a big wedding. Uh, no, not, no, not really, man. She's, uh, she's a little country girl. She's from, uh, like Morris Hill, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So she lives about 45 minutes away from, from where I'm at. So, um, you know, she's, she wanted something cute and, you know, I've got a, I got a big Italian family, so it's small and cute's kind of out of the question when everybody, you know, you've got 78 relatives all screaming at the top of the lungs cause they're, they're Italian. <laughs> you know, they don't know any better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your girl, so, so she doesn't live, she doesn't live in Cincinnati. No, she lives in Indiana. It's like the tri-state, you know, it's like Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky. It's all right there in the middle. So it's not far, but uh, she spends a week here. Then she spends a week in, uh, in Morris Hill. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to get it straightened out, man. I've got a building here where I've got the clothing store opened. Uh, We're doing the live filming out of here. Plus it's a flagship store. So I do all the shipping out of here as well. Right. So we're trying to balance buying a home um, in the middle of here and, and there. So. Yeah. No, I got you, dude. I got Better you. Time, man. Cool. Well, Jay, hey, dude, I don't want to keep you all night long. I mean, I'm sure we could sit here and just kind of bullshit back and forth for a while. Um, but uh, do me a favor. I mean, what, what's so what's your big plan coming up is going to be the hyper tease. They're, they're coming out the color, the the uh, uh, the touch me tease that you're saying you're going to be running with those again. What else are you guys, I mean, what else is, what's the next plan for you guys with native? So, so with native, we're, we're focusing on sports teams. Uh, now that we have everything trademarked, uh, which is actually insane. I legally own the word native in apparel too, which uh, I, 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 I filled it out and I thought it was going to get kicked back as, as a trademark, right. but no one has ever registered native as a trademark, which is pretty insane. So now I legally own that and I own, uh, the area code thing. So right. now, so now that we've, <clears throat> now that we've, we've done that, I really want to push this out as, as a hat brand. Right. And Bert Kreischer is one of those guys, I man, he's always wearing hats. I, I've been trying to, I've been getting in his DMS for about two months now, man, trying to, trying to get him a couple hats. You know, my brother's produced a, a comedy series that he was on. Oh, really? So maybe uh, let me see what I can do. I'll make yeah. a convert. I'll make you know. I'll see if they know him and see if they can throw him a couple hats. He's a funny guy, man. Um, Dude, yeah. his fucking story about being a being in the Russian mafia. Oh man, the machine is brilliant. Classic. Dude, you know what I found out? He is the original um, Van Wilder. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. So yeah, apparently they were gonna film the movie about him. 
and then something happened, it fell through, and then the same producer, somebody that was that was linked to that movie, ended up getting it with National Lampoon, and they put it out as Van Wilder. <clears throat> so Bert went, he ended up going with somebody to, uh, I don't know, to, to the National Lampoon, whatever that is, I don't know. Right. But, um, and, and he was like, look, and I, he was saying that everybody got nervous, like, you know, they thought he was going to come in getting all pissed. But he was like, hey, I just want to know, like, is this really about me? Because I want to use it in my skits. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to tell the story. Right. And know that it's the truth. And the guy was like, yeah, this is the, that like that was your whole like college. Dude, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's a wild child, man. But it's it's fun seeing those guys, you know, build a uh, build character. You know, Theo Vaughn's another guy where. Um, I actually, I've, I've known him since, uh, since the real world road rules days. He, uh, he became Josh Kelly's tour manager a long time ago. Right. Before he was a comedian. So, um, but anyways, yeah. So the next step for the, for the brand is, is really to get the hats out there. So if you're a, if you're a Golden State Warriors fan, a Lakers fan, a Cleveland Browns, um, you know, we, uh, go to the native brand.com. We've got we're in 87 cities now. Dude, that's so, amazing. Yeah, and counting, man. So, and also I've got um, I did the shirts for Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, if there's any WWE fans out there, he won the Royal Rumble this year, right? And, and they came to me and said, "Hey, we want a run of uh, some Ramen Club shirts." So uh, him and I, we came up with a design together, and we created this uh, this pretty cool shirt. Um, you know that. Uh, it's cool being a part of that, the WWE universe, they call it, man. Those guys, they're insane. It is. They are. Totally. Yeah. My buddy, uh, I got a, I got a, two buddies, uh, actually, Corey Graves um, and Mojo Rawley. So two buddies of mine are pretty deep into it. Corey's the announcer for them, and uh, Mojo's a wrestler. So oh, Nice, man. Yeah, it's pretty wild to watch. So, it, it, yeah, so so keep, keep an eye out for the hats. And then I'm going to keep the shirts and everything um, on the website only. So that's that's my goal is is to do limited runs of everything. So right. the hats will be in the stores. Um, I, I've got I've been trying to contact Zoomies or Zoomies has been paying attention to what I've been doing. Um, I think that'd be a great start. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, but this, this 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 idea, this concept is something where if you walk into a store in Denver, Colorado, I wanted to say on the wall, you know, native 303, where are you a native of? Where it looks like it's local to that city. You know what I mean? That's the whole concept is, right. is having that hand in, in the city without, you know, without pushing the team. You know, not everybody's a fan of the Cleveland Browns anymore. You know, right. But they, but they still want to rep Cleveland. You know? Of course. No, absolutely, dude. Dude, I like the Browns, man. My mother's from Cleveland. They've got, you know? they've got a tough squad this year, man. Yeah. It, that's what I've heard, and then you know Hugh Jackson. He uh, he was a friend of mine for a while, man. He's got he's got some drive. That that dude's got some heart. So yeah, yeah him him leading that pack, he'll he'll do okay. Dude, I love the underdog. I always have. I mean, look, I'm a Philly guy. You know, it's the way that we play. Um, you know, we we are we we were known for years upon years as the guys that would. You know, we got we we'd get to the Super Bowl and then shit the bed. We'd get to the NFC championship and then shit the bed. You know I mean? That's just kind of the world that we lived in. And last year was a really, really, I mean, it was an amazing feeling of this entire city to watch how everybody pulled together and the oh. team alone to watch those guys just, you know, after all the setbacks that they had, especially with Wentz going out or with, uh, 
uh, uh, yeah, with, with Wentz going out and all that stuff. You know, I mean, there was a lot of shit that was happening with that team and to watch them pull through the way that they did. And I was just reading uh, something today talking about how the Patriots basically threw up a big fuck you uh, to Philly uh, with their with their with their preseason game because uh, Tom Brady played for like half the game. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, you're, you're, you're I mean, you're talking about Tom Brady. They call the man the goat. You know, when he's playing the the first preseason game, second preseason game that they had, right. something right. about that. So, something. Yeah, about they're, that. Tr- they're trying to put a stamp on it, man. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I'm a Bengals fan. I uh, I know all too well, man, about those first round playoff losses. You know, Carson Palmer getting, you know, getting uh, uh, his 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 was his ACL or his knee torn. You know, Ray Maluga's gone through trouble in the playoffs. It's um, yeah, the, the Bengals, they get there, but I think we need a new coach, man. You know, our, our coach is just, I see him clap. I see him clap, and it just, I'm like, oh, man. It, it irks me, you know? He's just like, sometimes <laughs> you, you need you need to get aggressive, man. You can't just, you know, I don't you know. You can't be the, the supportive guy all the time. You got to move the needle. Yeah, he's he's secure, man. You know, he, he's he's not going anywhere, so he's happy with it. But, you know, the fans, right. we're, we're ready for a win. Sure. It'll happen. Absolutely, man. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys push hard. I mean, I watch you guys through the season and and one of the cool parts, like I said, is I have a lot of friends that came out of Cincinnati from my time down there. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that I, I, I keep in contact with as, as you know, I mean, as hard as it is with the lifestyle that I lead of traveling and having friends all over the country and stuff like that. I have I have a nice core group of people that I try to keep in contact with down there in Cincinnati. So I'm a big, big fan of the city, man. Big fan. Absolutely, man, and and I'm and I'm proud of you, man. You know, I I've seen uh, I've seen the, the the drive that you have, and and um, uh, you know how how you just you keep plugging away, and uh, it's it's uh, it's gratifying, and 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 you make killer fucking food, man. Thanks, I'm, dude. I'm super bummed about that Cuban sandwich that's gone from uh, Lachey's. Dude, that Cuban is is kind of a staple on a lot of menus that I do, and 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 it's super. I'll send you the recipe, man. It's the pork, dude. It's all in the pork. I do pork as a porchetta. So oh, I take good. rosemary, garlic. I buy a super cheap pork shoulder. We slow cook it for about 12 hours. It pulls apart. You know, you build your sandwich and you go from there, dude. Man, super I'm, easy, man. I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah. Send, me, send me that recipe. I will, will dude. Either that or let, let's open up Lachey's ourselves. Call it dude, I, I'm ready to open. Let's open up a native shop. You know, that's an easy one. Let's open up a little shop. Do the native world. Do do uh, do uh, five or six dishes that are native to that city alone. We could kill it, man. You know, I, I mean, it. there's, I've got, I've got a whole bunch of my, my tattoo, but my tattoo guy, we've got a couple really fun ideas of some stuff that we're talking about doing. And, you know, cause it's not just about food for me. And I, I'm, I'm always looking for an outlet for creativity as I know you are, you know, oh, I'm yeah. always looking for a new outlet. I want to start. I'm, I'm, I keep saying, I want to do some, some welding. I really want to get a fucking flame and, and, you know, I want to get something in my hand and some metal. I want to play around a little bit. Um, you know, I keep talking about hopping out there and trying to paint and stuff like that. I've just got to find, I'm actually looking for a, a garage right now where I can keep my bike, you know, where I can keep my Harley and, uh, man. that sort of stuff. I don't have a garage at my house. So somebody, somebody give this man a garage. So Seriously. He can, so he can start that torch. Fuck. I want to get the torch going. Uh, my buddy, actually, I've got a really good buddy of mine who lives out in Kansas city. Um, his name is stretch and he's a chef as well. He's a restaurateur. He's got a whole bunch of really cool spots out there. Um, he's got a 20,000 square foot studio, dude. Oh, wow. 
20,000 square foot. He's got every medium covered. He's got wood. He's got metal. He's got plastic. He's got graphic design on the inside. He's got a screen printing shop upstairs. Um, he runs his company out of it with what he does. He's got a, he's a very, very talented individual. And, uh, it's a really neat kind of thing to see because it's in, it's in like, you know, it's in old school Kansas city and he's got some really cool spaces that he uses. And when I did the walkthrough, the tour of it, I just was shocked, man. You know, he's got everything in there. It's pretty cool to watch. So those, those small cities, man. And that's, that's one reason why I'm, um, I get goosebumps on my own clothing line. It's, it's the fact that you're able to market to everybody. You know, I've got a Kansas city hat as well. Yeah. It's, it's just something that, um, it's, uh, if if you if you don't know that five one three Cincinnati's area code, you kind of look at the hat like, oh, what is that? Yeah. But if, but if you do know that that you know it's native five one three, then you kind of give them the old nod, like, oh, I see. I got that. Yeah. So yeah, sure. I, I, I'm excited, man. I appreciate you having me on. Um, this this is uh, this is definitely a cool experience, and uh, I'm excited to see that uh, that little cartoon character. Yeah, that's Maggie, man. She'll take care of it. She's a rock star with it. She'll get it out for you. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, Jay, thank you so much for hopping on and spending some time with us. I really appreciate it, dude. Um, I can't wait to get back down to Cincinnati. And congratulations on the wedding. I'm stoked that you guys are uh, making that move. I'm glad to say that. Hey, I kind of met her. I think you guys were on like your second or third date. Oh yeah. Uh, when we had gone out, and I remember you saying to me at that point, like, "This chick's pretty fucking cool, man." Yeah. You know, but- I remember that moment. So. I haven't, you know, I, I, I spend as much time with her as I can and I haven't gotten sick of her. You know, she's, uh, she's the perfect, she's the perfect juxtaposition, you know? Yeah. So, uh, That's but yeah, man, I, I appreciate it, dude. Make sure, uh, when you come down here that, uh, that, you know, we'll have to link up and, um, you have, you have an open invite to the wedding, but don't, don't judge, don't judge the food. No, I wouldn't do that anyway, man. I'm there for you guys, yeah. not the food. We're good. Right. So. All right, Jay. Cheers to you, my friend. Uh, congratulations on all your success and everything moving forward with the native brand. And uh, uh, I look forward to chatting again, brother. Be safe, dude. Awesome. Thank you. Shout out to Radio Fluence, man. Jerry, I appreciate everything you guys did. Nice, dude. Nice. Awesome. Jay Banks, man. Jay's awesome. Um, you know, like I said, Jay has uh, uh, Jay's got a really cool driving force and he's had a lot of setbacks and a lot of things. And, you know, I, I've watched Jay kind of from afar. You know, every now and then we'll send each other a text or something. It's kind of few and far between. But uh, I just recently saw something that he was doing and, and I immediately was like, what? what the fuck? Why do I not have him on? You know, Jay is the um, he's the epitome of, you know, kind of an underdog in some situations. Um, he's worked super hard to get to where he is with what he does. And he still is. You know, I mean, he's still he's still, a, you know, the, the small fish in the big pond. Um, to get involved in an apparel line and be able to create something like that is brilliant. It really comes down to a lot of those situations, you know, being in 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 the right place at the right time with the right people. Um, you know, the fact that he had a, he he bought a dude a drink at a bar, and the guy happened to be a trademark attorney, and find that is something that's really cool. You know, and and as I always say, with everything that we do, if you don't ask, if there's a hundred percent chance that they're going to say no. But if you do make that, you know, if you do ask for it or you do ask that question, you got a 50-50 shot of getting, you know, getting an answer that might lead you into a good a good place. So I ask a lot of questions um, about what it is that I do. I ask a lot of questions about, you know, uh, 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 about everything. You know, if you don't ask, it's not going to happen. So I try to push forward with that way and, and and try to do everything I can to make, make you know, make it work for me. So um, Jay Banks, thank you so much for hopping on with us. Everybody do me a favor and check him out at the Native Brand. Um, he's got some really cool items that are coming out. I love his hats. 
It's a super high quality hat. Um, the, the design of them is super cool. Like I said, it's a little bit urban. Um, it's a little bit suburban at the same time. There's some neat stuff that, you know, I mean, if you're proud of where you live, you can do it. But he's got some great designs. Um, and then the T-shirts that he has, the Touch Me Tees are pretty cool. I love the idea that he was talking about with that, with, you know, that kind of nostalgic box that all of a sudden, you know, like that castaway box that all of a, all of a sudden shows up at your front door. Um, the fact that the guy's got trademarked and he owns the word native is pretty impressive. You know, hey, I own the word duffified, but how many fucking times a day does somebody use that? How many times a day does somebody use the word native? So more power to him. I love it. Everybody do me a favor. Head over to iTunes. Check us out. You're already there. You found us. We love it. Now talk to your friends about us. Send us a little bit of a review. We love the sponsors that we get in on a daily basis. And I love the opportunity to talk to all of you. If you guys want us here uh, or have somebody on the show that you think would interest me, which is really no offense to any of you, I do the show because it interests me. Um, I'm genuinely interested in the people that I have on the show. Um, we handpick who it is that we want on the show. So if you guys have somebody that you think would be really cool, somebody that you're interested in hearing that you think I might be interested in hearing, man, send them our way. I would love to talk to them. I'd love to find out who they are and what they do. Um, uh, again, this is just a fun little episode uh, with my buddy Jay Banks. I want to thank the three people that we love the most. We got the Jerry and Jason. I put them together as one because they're uh, that much of a force. I think they're super cool at radioinfluence.com. Check out all the podcasts that they do. Maggie Gagliardi, the unbelievably talented graphic designer and artist who does all of our promo pieces, as well as Michelle out there at Techno Solution does all of our website stuff. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us for the last hour and a half. I'm Brian Duffy, and I'm going to say this. Go out there and be fucking nice to people, man. Have some fun. Bye-bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef, B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is a Jim Fannin Show Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Music isn't music without silence. So if you take a drum and move it away from the vocals, the brass, and the, and the string instruments, and just listen, if you add silence between the notes, it, it changes the whole rhythm. So if there was no silence, it would be noise, just noise. So you don't hear the silence especially when you put the tracks together and the strings and the vocals and the brass uh, and, and the percussion. When it all goes together, you just have that rhythmical beat. So if, if you want a rhythmical life that has tempo and a beat to it, add some music, but also learn from music. Add some silence. The Jim Fannin Show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.